But maybe you boys might be interested in putting on a big time wrestling party. You know, make a nice hunk of dough for yourself. Santa? Yes, Virginia, there is a Santa Claus. Morgan, you're out of here. You don't have the right temperament for the trade. You're a dead man. As I walk through the aisle with videos on the shelf, I see the miss on the box and realize there's nothing else. Now, I've been watching wrestling for so long that every sense of good taste that I have is gone. We've been spending most of our lives gripping up Camel Clutch Cinema. Hello and welcome to Camel Clutch Cinema, the podcast where we talk about movies that star wrestling or have wrestling in them. I'm Guy Hutchinson. And I'm Craig Cohen, and this week we are going to be talking about uh, The Muppets Most Wanted, as well as their appearance on Raw back in 2011. Sure. And we're we're joined by the the beautiful sounds of Moe's. Yes, their in-house music system, which always seems to deliver. That's right. (laughs) So, um... They were on Raw. Um, so you were? Did you watch the Raw thing recently? I, I you know what? Maybe uh, a you month didn't or watch so. it today. Though, no, about we were a talking month. About trying to yeah, find it today. A month or so ago, I watched it. Somebody had comp- has compiled the, all the appearances right. um, from the from that episode of Raw in one big long yeah. like it's like a six minute YouTube video. Toughpigs.com did that. Oh, okay, and they did it back. You know, like they had that up like the next morning. Yeah, it aired. It was it was originally Halloween night, two thousand eleven. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what happened in it? What was the... Uh, the highlight for me was... This um, was like a guest hosting... Yeah, it was the Muppets guest hosting when they were doing the... I guess the monthly guest host. What the hell host. happened to your hand? My cat. God, um, that's deep. Yeah, it is. I mean, that's a that's like a Rambo type scar. Yeah, it's probably going to scar, and then I'll have a story to tell for the rest of my, uh, my life. Oh, the Lord. Yeah, yeah. It could have gone through a vein. It could have. Can you imagine if I had to go to the hospital... And explain that to my, you know. Did you get cat scratch fever? Not yet. It's about, it's a couple days old, so I'm not sure. I'm gonna have to wiki that and see if I, uh, if I'm outside of that, uh, the window for oh, cat scratch fever. All right. So, um, um, yeah. So, so the guest host. Yeah, and I think that was there was a period where they were insane and they were doing guest hosts every week. Mm-hmm. But this is when they would yeah. calm down and they were doing them every month or whenever somebody had right. something to promote. Right. And the Muppets had their first movie, to, or their their comeback movie, the reboot, the re, whatever you want to call yeah, it. Yeah, which was which was about a month away at that yeah, point. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. so they did this appearance. Uh, there's a bunch of segments I remember. Do you remember them in order, or do you remember like everything that happened? I remember pretty much everything that happened. I don't remember them in order. I I think, I think Piggy and Kermit and the Miz. Yeah. So so Miss Piggy, Kermit the Frog, the Miz do a segment. I think there's a lot of reallys back and forth. I think they talk about how the Miz looks like a frog, yeah. and that's. I, I think Vicky Guerrero might have come out at some point. Yeah, possibly. Yeah. Did excuse me back and yeah. forth with Miss Piggy. Yeah. Um, and then I think the one I remember the most, or my favorite, um, was um, Beaker. Uh-huh. He, he's the uh, the guy that looks like an eraser, right? Right. Yeah. Yes. He was getting bullied backstage. And, uh, God, I can't remember who was bullying him, though. Whoever the heel was at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then off screen, you hear Seamus come through. And it turns out that him and Beaker are related, I guess, because they both have the same <laughs> hair. <laughs> the and he hair, says, sure. you know, Beaker, how you doing? It's uh, you know, it's good to see you. Hey, you ready to get family, family reunion? <laughs> and I just thought it was really cool to see Seamus be a star with one of the Muppets, you know. Right. Beaker's always, you know, been one of my, my favorite Muppets. I mean, how... It, it's hard not to like that Muppet because all he does is make faces and noises. Right, right. Uh, 
So uh, what I what I also remember was that then there was match and Beaker was a ringside with Doctor Bunsen Honeydew. Yeah, and they gave Santino the secret potion. That's right. So he could he could win his match. Yeah, I gotta go, I gotta wonder how that was to watch live because Beaker comes to ringside. Yeah, or so there's a guy with, lying yeah. down on a you know probably being pushed on a yeah, little cart with his something. Beaker hands. You know the yeah. human hands. And he hand, you know, he comes to ringside, and you know, Santino stumbles through the ropes, and he gives yeah. him the the super serum. I would bet that there's somebody that captured to put it on YouTube, yeah. or at least still photos online. Some, but yeah. I've never looked for him. Yeah, I see. Yeah, that might be the the one occasion where it's better to be watching it on TV than live. Oh yeah, because well, I have seen the Muppets performed live, and uh, they, you know, I saw Kermit the Frog on Jimmy Kimmel Live. And you see the performer, you know, you yeah. just, there's no... They don't wear black or anything to try and... No, I mean, well, I, I mean, at least most of the time they don't. Jim Henson, uh, he believed that you shouldn't, that, that that was part of the what you were doing. The puppet was, you know, you should teach what you were doing. It's not, you're not a magician. Yeah, yeah, you you're, know? Not, you're not trying to trick anybody. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it, uh, it was... Um, it was probably very interesting to see in person. It was incredibly silly to see on TV. I do remember that there was supposed to be some segment on that Raw with Jerry Lawler and Michael Cole, because they had a match coming up, and they, were, they had a feud going on. And it had been promised. They had promised it would be on that Raw, and it was cut for time because there was a deal with the Muppets that they had to air all of the Muppet segments. Okay. And they, so they, when they had to cut something, they couldn't cut one of the Muppet segments because contractually they had to. Uh, there were some bad, I think two bad segments with Stadler and Waldorf yeah. doing like John Cena impressions and um, like trying to do, I can't, I'm blind, you can't see me. Yeah. And, oh, I've got cataracts or some nonsense. Um <laughs> Which I remember being not very funny, and also feeling like, can't you guys do a second take? You know what yeah. happened here? There's no, there's no ability to go for another try on that. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. Um, so, so that was the that would be the first time that they were actually on WWE programming. Uh, I believe that there's got to be other connections. I I kept thinking about it, and I know that. Uh, the one comparison I've heard is that Vince McMahon always liked to say that that's what his company was like. It was like the Muppets. It was a small company that was founded by this by a family, and that it grew to be a much larger thing, and that it was you know this entertainment thing, but it was you know uh, it, was, it was kind of organic and whatever. Um, I can only imagine. I know Mr. T was in Muppet Magazine. But okay. I can only imagine that at some point Hulk Hogan had to have been photographed with the Muppets. I know they were both attractions, and and I mean this: Hulk Hogan and the Muppets were attractions at Disney uh, MGM yeah. Studios okay. when it opened before it became Disney Hollywood Studios, uh, because WCW Wrestling used to wrestle from there, and that was one of the big attractions. And the Muppets did not only a 3D movie, but they had a live stage show and walk-around characters. Uh, so there, there, there must be photos yeah. someplace, but I, I've, I've never looked for them. And when was Muppets Tonight on? Um, well, that... let's see. It was around the time Speed was in theaters. All right, so it was, it was a Speed episode. Yeah. Uh, so like 95. Yeah, I wonder if... I, I don't remember watching much of the Muppets Tonight, but I wonder if... No, I don't. there were, yeah. there were no wrestlers on. I actually watched every episode... 
within the past two years. Oh, I watched okay. them. Uh, all, they were all on YouTube at the time, oh. and I just watched them all back to back. There's not very many. I think there's like 20 or something. Um, but I, I think at some point, I'd be very surprised if there's if those are the only times that they were connected prior to this film. So. Uh, I think we should talk about all of their films pretty quickly. Oh, yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah, that's a great idea. The first, uh, the first film, which is one of my all-time favorite movies, one of the first movies I remember seeing in the movie theaters, the Muppet movie, opens with an amazing shot. This is the thing, when you get a chance to watch this film, watch this first shot. There's a long helicopter tracking shot that then slowly moves in on, on Kermit the Frog, who's playing his banjo on top of the log, in the middle of a swamp. Yeah. And this was an amazingly hard shot to achieve yeah. with the technology then. Uh, yeah, it was, what, 1978? Mm-hmm. And so today, theoretically, they could do it with CGI and whatever, although they don't use CGI in this new Muppet film. They yeah. still use all these practical tricks whenever they have to. Uh, but Jim Henson was in like a scuba outfit underwater, you know, and you could only breathe for so long, and they had to get this whole tracking shot to work, and then, you know, and then they had to, they had, he had to get in there, and they had to make sure there was no wake from, you know, the person moving in the water and everything, I mean, it was, uh, it's a remarkable shot, and, and then it's the story of them coming to Hollywood, it's their, you know, With a ton of, ton of cameos. There are, but, and we'll talk about cameos with this movie, uh, and the, the, we'll talk a little bit about the one they did before this. Cameos in those movies, they pop up and they're a cameo. Yeah, yeah. They show up for one scene. Yeah. They're playing a part that's specifically written for them. Yeah, usually. yeah. And with the exception of uh, Orson Welles at the end, they're not playing a major part. Oh, yeah, yeah. They're playing a very minor part. Even that... Orson Welles isn't all the gags that are you know celebrities. They're not even aimed at the the kids watching. They're they're aimed at the adults watching. And but they don't to me they don't take away from the film. Oh sure yeah. It's not something I believe about the the film we saw with Hornswoggle that we're going to talk about mm-hmm. and the one before that. But I believe like in this one you get Bob Hope shows up and he's an ice cream vendor. You've got... Uh, is Steve Martin in that one? Steve Martin yeah. is. He's a waiter. Uh, and he asks if they want to sniff the bottle cap on the $2 <laughs> okay, bottle yes. of wine. you got... Uh, a, a, one of the better, you know, ones that's a little bigger is uh, Mel Brooks as a part, you know, as he, he's like a scientist, a crazy scientist. Uh, and Doc Hopper is Charles Durning, you know, yeah. very famous actor who actually worked with the Muppets a handful of times in different parts. He was Santa in Elmo Saves Christmas. Okay. And then he's the villain in uh, in this movie. You know, the guy who's trying to kill and french fry millions of frogs everywhere. Yeah. Kermit just is, is, is supposed to be their spokesman, and Kermit can't do it because he doesn't want to see millions of, of frogs on tiny little crutches. So then Charles Durning's idea is just to take the frog out. Anyways, that's the first film. Yeah. Uh, the second um, film they actually, they sure. put out a really good DVD for that one, didn't Did they? they? I... I yeah. yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I have the oldest DVD okay. they put out. So if they put out a better one, I don't yeah. know. Um, the one I have, I don't know that there's anything on it, but it's mm-hmm. just a film, I think. Maybe yeah. maybe the trailer. Yeah, it's surprising that they haven't, you know. I mean, maybe they did. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, they, they could have, like, you know, super Blu-ray yeah. editions. Yeah. I, I, 
Uh, I don't know what Disney. I also don't know which ones they own now because yeah. I know for a while they didn't own uh, the Muppets Take Manhattan. So I, I don't know, but I, I generally don't buy. I don't like to buy a movie more than once. Sure. Where if I got it, if I got it, you only you know you live once, you can buy the movie once. Oh yeah, yeah. If I, if I really need to, uh, but. Um, so I don't know if they put out one, but there is a really good special that went along with that called The Muppets Go to Hollywood, uh, which is a TV special, which is very rare unless it's on a Blu-ray. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, although it's probably on YouTube now, so yeah, right. it's probably not rare anymore. But I love those um, those historic making of they oh the ones that were shot at the time yeah you are right that is on the dvd that i have yeah uh and yes it's a uh, i forgot about this it's it's an amazing uh bit of footage and i i know it's on youtube mm-hmm. or at least was you know six months ago or whatever because i sent it to somebody uh it's hysterical uh so jim henson and frank oz were doing kermit and and fozzie bear and they had never shot this is what's significant about that movie they had never shot the Muppets anywhere but on a soundstage. Yeah. Muppet Show was on a soundstage. Sesame Street was on a soundstage. This movie, it takes place in, you know, real locations. Yeah. And so they had to do some testing to see what it would look like. So the two of them went around with this fake car that, you know, they could do to see how it would look when they were driving. And they went... Fozzie talks to a cow at one point in a field. There's that this, footage I remember watching. That's remember, yeah, yeah, no, I know exactly yeah. what you're talking about. It's so funny when you said special edition. I assumed it was something newer, uh, you know, like the new Blu-rays. Because mm-hmm. if they haven't put those on Blu-ray, I'm shocked. I, yeah. I assume well, they've probably done it twice. Yeah, well, especially with the you know the the new movies. You <laughs> yeah. think you know anytime yeah, you I'm can sure. find an excuse. I'm sure Disney has. As a matter of fact, I vaguely seem to remember that they coupled two. What they do is they take. Two of the, the, I think they took like the Muppet movie or the Muppet, uh, Great Muppet Caper and bundled it with like Muppet Treasure Island um, or Muppet Christmas Carol or something. So there's, which was to purposely say, hey, if you only want the ones from the 70s, you gotta buy them. If you only want the ones from the 90s, you gotta buy the ones from the, you know. But, um, But anyway, this footage has some really great improv between the two of them. There's this great scene where Fozzie's talking about how he has to use the bathroom, and they're like, well, we can't pull over, and Fozzie's like, uh, well, uh, there's a stove in the car, you know, their, their car is so modern, it has a stove in it. He's like, I'll just go in the stove. And Kermit's <laughs> like, Fozzie, that's disgusting. And it's, to me, it's like one of the funniest lines, because it's just these two guys trying to crack each other up yeah. for footage that they never thought anybody would ever yeah. be watching. They never yeah. thought there would be a a market for watching this. So, no, you're right. Yeah. They did put that out then, and I bet they put more yeah. since then. But I, the thing I love about those specials is you're able to watch um, a promotional piece about oh, yes. the movie before right. the movie was before a it was part a of success, history. Yeah. So, yeah, and so they're not looking back on it. And it's always interesting to hear those interviews where people are talking about things that just happened instead of people talking about things that happened yeah, to them. Yeah, their memory has changed. Or, right, you yeah. Know. And, you know, it's kind of cool to see them when they're still promoting it. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I don't, I, don't, I don't remember, but I know the Muppets go to Hollywood. That's, that is what that is. You know, it's mm-hmm. a, it was an hour-long TV special mm-hmm. to promote this. And it had a lot of guest stars that weren't in the movie, so it's mm-hmm. kind of cool for that. All right, 
Second movie, they did Great Muppet Caper, yeah. very similar to what we're what we're going to be talking about. Yeah, I mean that seems to be the template of what this movie was. Yeah, and that one, uh, I I remember seeing the Great Muppet Caper in theaters. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't remember seeing the Muppet movie. It doesn't mean I didn't, but right. I don't remember it. But the Great Muppet Caper is sort of like the one I remember seeing. Very kinda, British movie. Yeah, kind of like Star Wars and Empire Strikes Back. I don't remember seeing Star Wars, although I was probably in the theater. But Empire, I remember waiting online with my brother and my dad for that. Yeah. Um, and that's very much like Great Muppet Caper with, uh, with Charles Grodin. Charles Grodin, yeah, as the lead villain um, who's trying to woo Miss Piggy. Uh, they're going after the baseball diamond. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, fun movie. You know, Fozzie and, and uh, Kermit are brothers, the yeah. twin brothers yeah, yeah. in it. Um, and uh, Jack Weston, I believe, is the uh, is their boss. I think it's Jack Weston. Yeah. Uh, and it's a very funny movie, you know, and a, and a, uh, a contained story where they're essentially, they're put into this world and they go from beginning yeah, to Yeah, they end. were playing characters more. Yeah, although I, I, I think they all go by their, you know, their character names. Yeah. Whereas later, uh, in the films that happened after that, they started to actually play other characters. Yeah, yeah, so they were playing like, uh, sort of like the Beatles in uh, A Hard Day's Night. Sure, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, but it spawned a great board game too. Oh, the Muppet, the Great Muppet Caper board game. Did you have this? Yeah, what I remember, remember it was. I remember it being very similar to like Mousetrap in the sense that you had to set the board up. Oh wow! Not that it was as intricate as that. Sure. But I remember the the baseball diamond was in the middle of the board. Uh huh. Um, and you know there was whatever your quest was to to get, I guess, to either stop them from stealing the diamond or stealing the diamond yourself. Um, I don't remember, but that's a really cool board game, and uh, that's awesome. Yeah, one I'd like to. Uh, I'll have to look it up. I've never played that. I I have a couple Muppet board games, uh, and there's I think I have two different Muppet Show board games, but I know one of them that I have. You're literally just moving these weird set pieces around, and it was like it was such a tedious game. It was like from the most creative people in the world <laughs> comes the most boring game you'll ever play. And that one was from the, when the show was on the air, probably. Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. indeed. Um, so after that, uh, the the Muppets take Manhattan, which for a long time, and maybe still is, uh, owned by another studio, I think like uh, Columbia TriStar owns okay. that one. And that's the one that introduces the Muppet Babies. Uh, they're all, they're all uh, on stage. They're all in college. And they got this Broadway show, and they want to take it to Broadway. And then they they go to a restaurant, and they and they and the restaurant. Here's a little weird bit of trivia. The restaurant that they're at. So they work at this restaurant. There's a, a woman that works there, and the rats are in the the rats are working in the as waiters. But then they have to move to the kitchen because the health department says rats can't be waiters. Sure. Um, and the exterior shot of it is the same exterior of the diner from the pilot of Seinfeld. Oh, wow, okay. It's just this weird bit of trivia. Now, I could never figure out where this place is. Mm. Uh, It's not the same shot. So it's not like they just took one establishing shot from the Muppet film and put it in there. Yeah. Because if you look at the shot, things are different, you know, like a different awning or a different, you know, sign in the window or something. So they, they were clearly shot at different times. So this was an existing piece of architecture or a movie set that was photographed and then changed and used as the as the exterior for Monk's Diner. Looked nothing like what they ended up using. Yeah. Tom's Restaurant uh, yeah. In, in New York. Um, 
So they they are trying to get their show. Kermit gets unconscious. You have Phil, Philip, Phil, and all this other nonsense. Yeah, that one I don't think I I don't have many. Well, memories I think you were of older one. when it yeah. came out. That was the thing. I mean, I saw that one on home video, and I mean, you know, there's a span of time between from the first one to the second one to the third one, and so you know, when you when you get a little older, you're you're less likely to go to the theater and see it. And a lot of cameos in this one as well, though. Uh, you have. Uh, uh, What's her name at the uh, uh, Joan Rivers? Okay, playing a makeup counter and she's hysterical. You've got uh, uh, Gregory Hines as a mugger who gets gets attacked by Miss Piggy because he steals her purse and then she chases him down and dives on top of him. It's one of the funniest shots because they literally just had a, a puppet. They just first they have a person in a costume, and if I remember correctly, I don't remember who it was, but I believe it was like a famous stunt person that did this. A person in a, in a giant... So Miss Piggy goes from being small to gigantic and then to being uh, uh, a puppet again, and they just chuck the puppet over at Gregory Hines and he has to grab it and sell. Oh, that's that's amazing. Um, and so there's a handful of, of uh, cameos in that one. Funny, you know, funny movie, and that goes to then there was a period of time where they were almost sold to the the uh, Disney Corporation and they made some movies with the Disney Corporation the first one they made after Jim Henson's death was called uh, Muppet Christmas Carol and in that one they're totally playing other characters mm-hmm. you know uh, Gonzo's Charles Dickens Bob Cratchit is played by Kermit the Frog etc yeah. etc et wasn't they weren't they owned by a German company at some point yeah but that was yeah. after oh, okay. So okay. at this point uh, the Henson company and see they they had a partnership with the Disney company um, so they were like co-producing yeah well they they, they had essentially they had essentially sold a lot of the rights to the Disney company uh, so that they could make attractions or whatever and, and Jim Henson died and with his death the Muppets as a commodity were not as valuable to the Disney company and so they lowballed his family who then decided to keep them but they produced two films with the Disney company which is that Muppet Treasure Island which is the same thing classic story and I think the reason was because they had lost Jim Henson and they figured they would do something so different it was something where they were very, you know they were able to take this existing you know story and plug them into it and it, it ease you could put uh, Kermit more in the background and yeah. you know uh, make Gonzo a bigger character yeah, that actually makes a lot of sense yeah you know, I mean yeah. historically I mean, if you if you look at it, you know, right at the time. So the the German company then bought them at some point after this, and the German company bought them for a huge amount of money, which was really leverage and whatever. And from what I understand, it's not real money. None of it was real money. So they bought them for like two hundred forty million, and then sold them back for like fifteen million. Just some crazy numbers. I don't, yeah, yeah. It was, but none of it mattered. You know, it was like. They, they just were, they bought them, they used, they licensed them, you know, sold stuff. You know, it was a German, like, TV conglomerate. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they licensed them to use them in advertisements. Yeah. And the same people were still working them. So, it, and then the Henson Company was able to buy them back. And then they eventually now sold them to the Disney Company. Uh, so, in that time period, uh, they licensed film, uh, 
you know, Muppets from Space, which I know we saw. Here's the connection. We yeah. talked about it on the show. Oh, Hulk, Hulk Hogan, Hogan. Yeah. is in that movie. Yeah. I, I said I know that yeah. I've seen Hulk God, Hogan. Yeah. It just seemed, it seemed like there must be some connection. I'm so glad we went through this all because this this did uh, yeah. this got to that. So yes, Hulk Hogan's in that. Talks about how the NWO is yeah, taking yeah, over, yeah. and he talks to his little NWO maniacs. Yeah, that's a fun episode. That if you haven't listened back to it, you should you should look for it. We talk what four Hulk Hogan cameos. Yeah, I think and, three. Yeah, yeah three or four. Yeah. Three or four. And we also read my Muppets from Space um, review that's on, uh, on IMDb. IMDb. Oh, that's fantastic. So, yeah, oh, that's uh, so it's true. one of I think the. I think it's the only review I ever actually wrote for IMDb, and then after that I just rated stuff, and now I don't even bother no, doing any of that no. anymore. But I used to write reviews for IMDb because it used to be that the first review would stay up top. Now it's the newest review, which makes far more sense, or it's like the newest one with the highest rating or yeah. something. But at one point, that was just the first one. So if you could get your review up there, you were immortalized. Yeah, Anytime yeah. anybody went to that page and they were going to read a review, they'd yeah. read yours first. And so I would review movies I hadn't seen. Yeah. Just try to get in there. Uh, So they made this Muppets from Space about Gonzo. He finds out he's an alien. Great movie. I mean, I really, really love that movie. It's really fun, you know? Um, And and then that was it. They made a couple home, uh, straight to television, uh, Muppets Wizard of Oz. You know, they made other, you know, projects that were for TV. They did uh, Muppet Classic Theater, which was a home video you Uh could purchase. And a handful of other projects and then they once again the family sold off the rights to just about everything that Jim Henson did they retained the rights to uh, Fraggle Rock and the Dark Crystal and so the Henson company still owns those they retain certain rights to use Kermit the Frog he's on their logo out in front of the building and stuff uh, dressed as Charlie Chaplin because they're Chaplin Studios and they then um Disney purchased, you know, the rights to all of them except for the Sesame Street characters, uh, and then Disney made a deal to allow Kermit the Frog back on Sesame Street where he hadn't been in decades. Wow! Right? Yeah. A long period of time he hadn't been up there. So this brings us to that last film. Now, uh, Seth Rogen is no, that the guy's uh, name? Jason Segel. Jason Segel and Amy Adams. Tell me about this uh, this movie that. The team that made it, I know they had made another film you liked. Well, yeah, Jason Segel had written and starred in this movie called Forgetting Sarah Marshall, where he sort of aspires to put on a a play with his equivalent of Muppets. You know, puppets that in the movie were actually designed by Jim Henson Studios. Right, but they're supposed to look more amateur. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So he was a really big Muppet fan, and I guess his relationship with the Henson Company while filming that movie... I guess, you know, he he pitched them on an idea, and I don't know what was going on behind the scenes with the Muppets at that point, but I guess somebody had finally found a way to sort of bring the Muppets back to uh, cinemas. Um, but, yeah, Disney owned them, and they wanted to, they were, that was one, you know, one of their assets that they weren't making any money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I guess Siegel had found a way to... To, right, you know, uh, had, had cracked a story code, if you will, um, you know, to sure. sort of bring them back. And I, I know him and uh, the director uh, James Bobbin, maybe James Bobbin, yeah, yeah. who also directed this. Yeah, movie. we're both huge, huge Muppet fans, and uh, you know, uh, right now, everybody I think has seen this one. 
sadly, I think probably more people listening to this now probably saw this than the good films that came before it. Um, I, you liked this film. I know I didn't like this one. I, I liked it because I hadn't really seen a Muppet movie right. since Muppets from Space. Yes. Um, at the moment, I remember really, really um, enjoyed seeing them back. Right. And it, it wasn't until I thought about your criticism... Um, that it really made me realize how sort of a, a weird movie that is in terms of the Muppets, in yes. terms of you have two human characters. The movie's really about them. Yeah, it is. It's very strange. And then it's about this, the, the Walter character, there was a big part of me that was like, oh, we'll never see him again after this movie came out. But it wasn't the case, and there's very good reason for that. Disney loves that they created this one. Sure, yeah, this yeah. This is the one they made. It's their guy. They're, so they want this yeah. one. He's intentionally the most bland <laughs> character in this crazy universe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I just, I didn't get that movie. That movie just, it, to me, it, it comes off as this weird story about these two people. Uh, there's this Muppet you don't care about. There's a whole bunch of things that to me just don't make sense. There's characters behaving, and you know, there's, and it's nitpicky stuff, but that's the whole point, you know. I mean, there's uh, Sam the Eagle participates in this weird barbershop sketch, which he would never participate in. Yeah. Well, if you're not going to stay true to the characters you're making the film about, what's the whole point of making the film? Yeah. Um, and so uh, there's also like. There's this whole build-up to what's his secret talent going to be. And then he just whistles at the end. I'm like, what on earth am I watching? So I was really excited about it, which also probably didn't help because I expected a, a huge amount. And, then I, and I thought the people were too big. There's too much people in it. Yeah. People were like... Well, you had Chris forces. Cooper as the bad guy. Yeah. Which was... I that really liked I, that. I, liked. I, and I, I thought that was fine. Yeah. And I liked the fact that it was like the typical... Um, plot right. where it was like the oil baron or whatever wanted to um, buy the theater the Muppets yes, were in because right. there was oil under it <laughs> right. and then it's they right. had to put on a show to raise I mean yeah. that plot there's a I lot just, of stuff I yeah, like it. I mean Absolutely. I love that plot it's, just, you know, it's just such a, a, a standard plot to go with you know the we need to raise this amount of money by this date or yeah. else you know we're done the biggest thing I hated about it was there's you know there's a whole musical number where Kermit talks about uh, things about how irrelevant they are, and the whole movie is about how you know they meet with an executive who's like, "You guys suck," and yeah. and there's this part of me that's watching it going, "How? Who are you, people making this movie to tell the people that enjoy the movie that what they like is crap?" Yeah, I mean, yeah. It, it, there's you know there's this real talking down to the audience thing, and it was just there. There was also. There was just something very strange about the whole tone to it. So, that movie came out. They do the tie-in on Monday Night Raw. Yeah. And in the tie-in on Monday Night Raw, there's another sketch that we didn't talk about, and I wanted to save it on purpose, because it was a sketch with Hornswoggle. Yes. And Hornswoggle... Huge Muppet fan. Very famously has several Muppet tattoos. He said this was one of the thrills of his life, to do the sequence with Miss Piggy and Kermit the Frog and whatever. And... I saw they showed his house on uh, like Confidential or something. You know, one of the uh, uh, one of the one of the uh, WWE Network shows, maybe you know, like those interstitials or something. But at some point in the past six months, I've seen his house, and he's got all these posters, and he's like, and this one's signed by Frank Oz, yeah. and this is, and he's got all kinds of props and hundreds of little toys, and I mean, 
it, at least from what they showed on this featurette, his entire house from one end to the other is all mine. Yeah. So, when they made this film, I don't know how it came to be. I don't know who reached the deal, do you? No, for Muppets Once Wanted? No. no. All I know is, I'm watching the trailer for this and I go, Oh my God! There's Horn Squad yeah, singing I, and dancing in this trailer. Yeah, I remember. I think we we tweeted back and forth about it, and yeah. you know, I really thought it was just one of those. It was going to be a a, a a cameo. Yeah, and they didn't promote it. To my knowledge, it was never mentioned on WWE TV, which is very strange. Yeah, well, it seems like this whole Muppets Most Wanted got like what a quarter of the promotional <laughs> yeah. oh, uh, you know yeah. push that the that. the Muppets got. Uh, yeah, no, absolutely. So, um, let's uh, let's I guess dig into the film now. I guess that's uh, mm-hmm. that's the next step. So it ends exa- It starts exactly where <laughs> yeah. the other one ends. This is one of the things I really liked yeah. because they were like, "Yeah, this is a fun little movie we just made," and it's like it totally. They take everything that happens in the last film, and they're like, "Yeah, it was all just you know, we were just all acting." And yeah, it was yeah. All just you know. We, that was all just made up or whatever. And you've got a fake Jason Siegel and Amy yeah, Adams. Yeah, which, who aren't even like the best doubles either. No, well, that might be... Here's my thing. I was I heard people talk about that, and I'm wondering if that's intentional. Here's the reason why. Crispin Glover. Oh, okay, the Crispin, Crispin Glover, Glover law. Crispin yeah. Glover sued uh, uh, Steven Spielberg and company for having a lookalike playing the character he played in Back to the Future Part 2 and 3. Yeah. And you can recast, but he was able to legally find that they can't recast and try to make people think it's the previous actor. Yeah, well, especially, like, yeah, in, in Back to the Future 2, they were intercutting with right. footage from the first movie. So, yeah, so it was really I'm wondering if this was intentional, where they were like, this is how it looked vaguely like them, that way there's no chance of a lawsuit on this. Yeah, or even no reason to have to pay them. Well, yeah, no, they definitely didn't want to pay. Them, yeah, yeah. Huh? I'm pretty sure that was. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that was the case. I remember, like, a uh, somebody somebody tweeted out. I think it was like the Disney Company or Variety or something. Like, Jason Siegel's out from the next uh, uh, Muppet movie. Who should be the star? And I wrote back Kermit the <laughs> Kermit the Frog, yeah. and lunatic. <laughs> But Kermit's not really the star of this film, which is very interesting. We get into this plot about Constantine. Yeah. He's the, uh, what, the uh, criminal mastermind. That's right. So, so okay, so we start out, they do this opening number where they sing that the name of the movie we're watching is called Muppets Again. Yeah. <laughs> they go out of their way to be like, we're going to call this movie Muppets Again, which was the initial title, and then they changed the title. They liked Muppets Most Wanted more. And so they didn't go ahead and change the song. We get this big song and dance. They talk about how sequels aren't usually as good. You know, they really... I thought this... I like this beginning because they really just set the bar that, hey, we're just going to have fun now. Yeah, yeah. There's no huge, deep, emotional moment you're going to get during this movie. Yeah. You're just going to... You're along the ride for a very fun adventure, very much like The Great Muppet. Yeah. And I think you pointed out to me after seeing it, because you saw it before me, Uh was that this one was more in line with um, the real intended audience, which is kids. Kids, yeah. yes. That, and I've heard a lot of people complain about that, but that's really who you... Yeah. I Anytime I hear somebody say, oh, there's a lot of adults for you know, the, the, the parents in this, 
I always think, yes, but is that at the expense of the kids? Yeah, yeah. Or is it just, you know, are you taking time? You know, you do Shrek, right? Mm -hmm. You're taking time away from the target audience to entertain their parents. Yeah. And I don't think that's right. There's you you got to find ways to be able to do both. It's okay if the jokes go over the kids' heads, but you shouldn't be taking time away from the kids. And I think that, you know, look, I accept that long ago I stopped being the target audience for a Muppet film, and I like that. Yeah, yeah. I like that because otherwise... If, if the age just continues to be where they're making them for 40-year-olds, eventually they don't make them anymore. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's why, you know, that's why all these things continue, you know, things that stick around, you know, your uh, Sesame Street, mm-hmm. you know. Sesame Street today isn't the same as it was when I was a kid, because kids today are more sophisticated, they have different attention spans, et cetera, yeah, et cetera. Yeah, yeah. And so they aim the show at them. And that makes sense. Mm-hmm. If they aimed the show at 40-year-olds, I'd love it. <laughs> but it would be a weird show. Yeah. And there would be no, you know, it wouldn't be. So So this movie starts out, uh, they meet Dominic Badge. Yes, which is spelled bad guy. <laughs> right. Yeah, which is such a great joke. It's a great Cause joke. Because they even say bad guy. I guess they, right. he has his, yeah. have his business card. They're like, card. Dominic, bad guy? And he's like, no, it's, it's bad G. And yeah. they're like, oh... And he wants to be their manager. Yes. Yeah, and he makes them all kinds of promises. Yes, and this is Ricky Gervais. Yeah. Now, this is an actor who I don't have any great dislike for, but a guy who I've never seen him in anything I really enjoy. Yeah. Um, And I thought he was really funny in this. And he's also a guy that you would almost feel is too edgy to be in this. But I think that's what worked, is he played for this movie. He really did. I mean, he was great. Mm -hmm. Um, So... We uh, we he, he sets up. They set they set in motion a uh, thing where Kermit's going to get sent to jail for being Constantine. Yeah, you Constantine. get like almost a dual plot in this movie. Yes, uh, Constantine sneaks up on him, slaps a mole on his face that he can't get off. Yeah, and then Constantine puts some makeup over his. Yeah, he's an exact double for Kermit, except for the voice and and a mole. Yes, and he and he talks like this. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Matt Vogel uh, does the uh, does the puppeteering and the voice for Constantine. It's just fantastic. Mm-hmm. Does I, he do any other puppets? Yeah, he does uh, tons of them. Okay. Yeah, he, what he the probably the one he's he does uh, that maybe he's best known for is he is the guy who does Big Bird whenever it's not Carol Spinney. Okay. And there's a segment which I think now is done, but there was a segment I would always see on TV. Uh, called Journey to Ernie, and it was it was a segment of Sesame Street, and uh, I would watch this with my son, and I was like, man, Carol Spinney's dancing, what, what is he, how does this guy get this vitality, and it turns out it was Matt Vogel, now Matt Vogel does such a good pitch-perfect job that you really couldn't hear the difference, you know, yeah. And if you say you can hear the difference, it's because you're being picky. Yeah. Um, but again, I, I and I've talked about this with you, but not on the show here. I don't think it's necessary when you switch performers that the other performer mimic the voice of the other one. They should capture the essence of it, but they should really be able to capture the emotion. Sure. Of the character, I think that's far more important oh, than definitely. you know. There's a million guys out there that are like, "Look, I can do you know Swedish Chef voice, great." Yeah. You know, you you also you know you can't do you, you're not an actor. Yeah. You can't, you, I mean, that's a lot of work. They've got to be able to yeah. make that face act yeah. and then make the voice yeah. and everything. You, you know, know what? I, I will uh, point out a, a, a very similar scenario where you have 
Yoda in the Star Wars movies mm-hmm. done by Frank Oz. Yeah. In the prequels, um, they ended up using a CG Yoda. Right. And Frank Oz still did the voice, mm-hmm. but you had CG artists puppeteering Yoda. Right, yeah. And even with Frank Oz doing the voice, it didn't feel, it feel like same? Yoda. Interesting, yeah. You know, yeah. so... I mean, there... I would almost argue that, like you said, the... the, the the puppeteering is almost more important than the voice. If yeah. the voice is off a little bit, right? Well, there's a good reason why they don't, you know, do the have a guy off stage doing mm-hmm. the voice. They have the guy that is doing the puppeteering always does the voice, and you know they don't hire voice actors to come in and do it later because I just think there's this connection between your hand, what you're doing with your hand, and your voice, and you're the one that's syncing up all of mm-hmm. the emotion, and and it really is. I mean, I've seen. I used to think, gee, I I could do this, you know. And then I've watched videos about how they do it. It's amazing. So yeah, because anyway. they're watching themselves on video playback. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. It's, it's it's an amazing amazing job. There's a documentary that's now a little weird to watch uh, of being Elmo, uh, which is about uh, Kevin Clash, not Kevin Nash. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and Kevin Clash. Uh, it was the voice of Elmo until he retired a year or so ago. And uh, if you don't know the story, Google it. But uh, in this, he's giving a class to performers, I think, in Japan that are going to be performing the Muppets. And he's just showing just minor things. Like, you no, know, when you do that, you want to turn your pinky finger slightly, slightly to the left. And then you see it, and you're like, wow. Yeah. You know, that's there's a remarkable difference. We, you know, and so there's little things that they do, which is, and and the puppeteering work I thought was great throughout. So you get this story, Kermit's in jail, he's in the gulag. Um, let's talk about that storyline, and then we'll talk about the other storyline, and then we'll get to the ending. What did you think of the Kermit in prison, the B storyline? I, I liked it because um, I thought Tina Fey did a good job. I thought she was another one that sort of acted outside of her normal persona. And, uh, I love the cameos that weren't cameos. You had um, uh, Ray Liotta right. and Danny Trejo, right. who uh, Tina Fey refers to as Danny Trejo. Yes, yes. Um, and then, of course, you have Swaggle. Um, and I really like that. I like the, the, the part where uh, Kermit helps them uh, put together their, their talent show. Yep. And he really uh, gets a good performance out of all of them. Um, I thought it was good. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it was certainly weaker than the A plot, but that's yeah. usually to be expected. I kind of there's and and this is, you know, I mean, this is the plot of the film. But I kind of didn't. I kind of wanted more Kermit interacting with the other characters. But you know, there's nothing you can do about that. Yeah. That's the story here. Um, what I didn't like about Tina Fey was if you had replaced. Ricky Gervais' character with a puppet, it wouldn't have worked. You need the a weight of having a human yeah. being. Her character, I think, would have wow. been superior as a puppet. Wow, that's that's a, excellent. That's like mind blowing almost. I'm picturing a. I mean, it would have been, yeah. and that would have, I think, would have made those sequences work better. You have the humans as the other. It would have you know, amped up the Muppet factor in I know, those sequences because you only really had one Muppet. No, yeah. you should have. You had they had a few that would lurk around, but they didn't have any major parts. They were a lot from Muppet Treasure Island. By okay, you would see that. Um, so uh, you have that storyline. Hornswoggle doesn't really have much to do. He does have one and, scene with Kermit towards the yeah, end. Yeah, towards the end, the whole with the shovels and, and stuff. And what's what does he say? He actually has some dialogue. I mean, what is he talking about? They're, I think he, he talking about where the props are. I think are they're or talking whatever. about shovels. Yeah, uh, like where are the prop picks at pickaxes. Oh yeah, yeah, real pickaxes, mm-hmm. which they end up using yeah. to tunnel out. 
But then Swaggle's also really involved in the whole song and dance yeah, number. He's the there end. at every yeah. scene. He's there at every scene in this B plot. That you never. He's always there. He's very easy to spot yeah, yeah. because of his height and size. He looks really good. Um, he debuted a different look on TV after this came out, which is, uh, you know, his hair looks different now. And it, but he, he looks like, you know, your classic Hornswoggle. Yeah. What did you think about his performance? And we'll just do that first before we finish the movie. Uh, what do you think about his performance overall? you think he did a good job? I think so. I think There's the, not much to it, yeah, so it's hard to... Yeah. I think his role was much better when it was just physical. Right. And the scene where he, he interacts with Kermit and talks, he doesn't sell it that good for me. Okay. But uh, everything else about that performance is great. I mean, the song and dance number, I mean, I have visions in my head still of him yeah. and Danny Trejo and uh, and uh, Ray Liotta doing the dance moves and stuff. And He's very uh, funny. Just a lot of He's fun. And I mean, a very funny the whole guy. movie, every time I saw Hornswoggle on screen, I smiled because I yeah. said, this has to be yeah. like... Not, you know, such an amazing moment for him because it's like you know yeah, he's be. starring in a movie with yeah. you know his favorite characters. No, I mean he, after he talked about how that was the most exciting thing was doing a sequence with them. Mm-hmm. You know this, I mean, this must have blown his mind. Yeah. yeah. What did you think of him? I thought he was great. Yeah. I thought he was great. Um, we we always talk about would you see the film based on the wrestler? I wouldn't if yeah. you're not interested in this film. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's not going to sell it for you. And he's not the wrestler that really would sell it. I mean, if CM Punk was doing the same role, you might be like, well, that was really crazy because we see CM Punk. Yeah. But this was the guy that kind of belonged there. So um, let's go to the A plot then. Uh, so they're they're setting up all these shows and they're doing these shows and Dominic Badge has them. With Constantine there, and Constantine is just letting them do whatever they want yeah. because during the show they're robbing the bank next door. And there's this long plot where they're trying to get the, they're trying to get all these clues which will lead them to stealing what the Queen's yeah, crown like, jewels yeah, or whatever. Like, yeah, the, the big, the big, uh, the big score. But yeah. yeah, so every gig is a next is next to a, the theater is next to a bank or an art gallery or or a jewelry store or mm-hmm. something like that. Um, and you have the two cops. You have what? Sammy Eagle, right? And then you have uh, he's the uh, the FBI or CIA. Agent. Yeah, is this Rupert Everett? No, it was Ty Burrell from okay, Modern I don't Family. Know him, but he looks yeah. like he looked like Rupert Everett when I saw. And him. their scene together were uh, some they're of the funniest good. in the movie for me, yeah. especially the tiny little car That's funny, that yeah. that Ty had. He played a French guy in it. Yeah. Um, and I kind of like, see, I think that's kind of where it works when you pair up the Muppet and the human yeah. and you give them equal time. Oh, they had that whole gag where they were trying to outdo, outdo each other each with other? the badges, yeah. which was hilarious. This is my travel badge. <laughs> Say this just arrived for you. Yeah. You were saying? Uh, yeah, a lot of funny gags with the two of them. Uh, at one point, Fozzie is eating Subway in this really, it's so crass it's kind of funny yeah, yeah. this subway sandwich scene and he spills some kind of weird green gloop on the picture of Constantine it's, I think probably the avocado right uh, yeah avocado yeah, you're yeah. Probably, or guacamole yeah guacamole yeah uh, so they but it's it's Kermit Hugh you know it's like yeah, exactly yeah, yeah. the right color and that's when he notices <laughs> right that, I love that joke too that like Constantine <laughs> nobody rec- realizes that Kermit looks exactly like him yes, as yes. Soon as, you know without them all right and so uh, it's a kind of a Clark Kent you know yeah. uh, Superman thing um, 
there's uh, an underlying thing where, where animal, much like how dogs can sense things, <laughs> animal can sense it's not Kermit yeah. all along. Because Constantine is also doing a horrible impersonation. I am a Kermit. He, he studies tapes at one point, and there's a really funny scene where, like, you know, he's watching, like, The Muppet Show, and it's like, ah, it's The Muppet Show, or whatever. And then Constantine says it in a totally bad yeah. impersonation, and he's like, nailed it. But even, even like, Miss Piggy buys it, which is really funny, <laughs> yeah. just because he's super sweet to her. Yeah. Um, there is there's a sequence where uh, where Walter and Fozzie and Animal try to confront him and they end up leaving uh, to try to go find Kermit. Yeah, because the the fact that Constantine's letting them do whatever they want it's it's it bothers Kermit at the end that nobody noticed, nobody noticed that it was Kermit him. would stop and they, caring. They have the sad yeah, moment where yeah. they're all like, "I believe in you" and whatever, but which is very nice. I mean, yeah. that stuff is sweet and good. It's good for kids. Uh, there's so they have to go get Kermit the Frog. Also, Constantine is going to marry Miss Piggy <laughs> at the end of the film. Uh, yeah, for no particular reason. Like, yes. Well, that's. I guess that's how they're getting to the palace or whatever. Yeah, but yeah. Um, oh yeah, that's that's how they're they're going to get adjacent to it. Yeah. It's great when when Walter leaves because they're like, he left. We just did a whole movie about that guy, <laughs> yeah. which I thought was. Well, yeah, because uh, Bad Guy and, and yeah. tells him that those like, you know Fozzie and, and yeah. Animal and, and uh, Walter Fonzie left. And, <laughs> and Walter left. Like Walter left. Yeah. Um, so. So Kermit breaks out of prison. There, you get your big ending. The ending I feel takes too long. Agreed. I felt like just get through this, and I didn't want Kermit the Frog to get married to Miss Piggy. I yeah. Think, that's. Uh, but again, it's a movie. Yeah, um, yeah. They got married before in uh, Muppets Take Manhattan, and that was just a movie. This one, probably the next one, will start out to be like, "What kind yeah. of fun movie that movie yeah. we just did?" Yeah. So it doesn't really matter. Um, it was a lot of fun. I enjoyed watching it. I thought that. Uh, the wrestling uh, connection mm-hmm. was very good. What did you think, and do you tap out to the mm-hmm. Muppets Most Wanted? Um, I gotta say that this was a, a really fun watch for me. Aside from uh, the extended sort of ending that you pointed out, a lot of really fun gags in it. I mean, just sitting here talking to you now, I'm, you know, I remembered all the great stuff between Sam and uh, the French inspector. Yeah. Um, a, a lot of the stuff um, involving. Uh, the company on tour. Yep. Just a lot of really funny gags there. Constantine uh, trying to learn how to be Kermit was great. And you also get to see Ricky Gervais in an absurd costume at the end of the movie. Oh, yeah. Um, which I won't spoil. He's very um, good, yeah. uh, so I would say that um, I do not tap to this movie. Um, I really enjoy it and I look forward to watching it again. Yeah, I, I feel the same way. I didn't tap out to it. I, I had a lot of concerns about the first film and enjoyable for what it is but to me it, what it felt like to me was that this if the characters continue in this way they won't resemble the characters that I like and that's fine but you know that's not the characters I want to see this movie was exactly what I want to see now I don't think this movie's done very well yeah. um, I don't know what that means because maybe this isn't a very expensive thing for them to put together yeah. um, but it was uh it was it was super fun and uh, it was cool seeing Hornswoggle in it and uh, no so I don't tap out to Muppets Most Wanted. Any more Muppety things you need to impart to anybody? No, I don't think so. I like when they were like, uh, "Are we? Are we?" They're naming all the towns that they're going to be in, and he's like, "Are we going to be in Poop and Swoggle?" And yeah. he's like, "Yes, two weeks in Poop and Swoggle." <laughs> yeah. 
All right, so we will see you next time right here on Camel Clutch Cinema. So you want to wrestle, huh? You're too little. We got ushers bigger than you. Leave. I got to take a crap. You have a Skittles plus my Skittles. Tag team. What are you doing up there? What's that smell? Wrestlers in the movies. Guy and Craig podcasting. Movies with some wrestling. Will they be left tapping? Look at the scene in question that I am watching. They just took John Cena's wife. Now he's off to the streets. Now he's riding on top of a trolley. Fighting bad guys in the chopper and of course winning. Now he's seen a swimming pool and makes out with his wife. Got the remote in my hand and now I'm sleepy eyed. I'm a tapped out gangster TV set banger. And my homie sits down so don't arouse my anger. Double, double E. It's so blind to see that with these movies. They make, make no, no money. money. Down goes Jimmy King. Oh my God, a four-post massacre. No one can survive this. This isn't even a pay-per-view. 